What's Good Friends List, episode 60 of the Game Pass Gamecast coming at you. Epic Games, the developer of Fortnite and the creator of the popular Unreal Engine toolset, is currently locked in a war against Apple after the tech giant removed Fortnite from the App Store due to Epic offering a new form of in-game payment. But are either of them in the right? So, this week, we examine what the hell is going on between two of the game's industry's prominent figures and, more importantly to our audience, how this could play into the potential launch of xCloud on Apple devices in the future. Also, Rocksteady has come under fire due to sexual misconduct and discrimination allegations from former employees. What does this mean for the London-based studio moving forward? And more importantly, how can the games industry improve over the ever-prevalent issue of discrimination and misconduct? Plus, it looks as though additional details regarding the Xbox Series X have leaked, and it seems to confirm it's no slouch. Will this finally improve the narrative of hesitant fans that the console will limit the potential of the next console generation? All of this, and much more, on the newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. Bridget. So the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversations around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe subscribe to us if I can spit it out there. Follow us, rate us, all that jazz you know what the whole rigmarole is every week that I tell you, wherever you get a podcast at, and follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast to stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games alike, and our dope giveaways. I'm your host as always, Travis White, aka Travelus on most internet platforms. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, Mike Peepack. Mike, what's good? What's going on? And what have you been playing this past week? And what, what just what's been up with life in general? Uh, not a whole, not a whole lot of difference thing differences, except for today was my first day of class. Like classes started at school, so mm-hmm. last semester of undergrad, I'm like pumped about it. But also, like at the same time, like asynchronous online courses are kind of bunk. Like it's not why I'm paying the money to go to school, but I'm mm-hmm. so close to being done, I can't really like basically just have to suck it up. So right. it, that is what it is. But uh, I have been playing a steady diet of Halo, uh, Halo Three, because. There's a tournament on Saturday, which I am not 100% sure if I'm even going to play in it because it seems like we might be going out for Kyle's bachelor party on Friday. I don't, I, that's what it seems like anyway. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. confirmation, so not 100% sure if I'll even be available to play it, but uh, I am getting prepared just in case I am going to play in that. And then I have been playing a lot of, still playing some Age of Empires, just as a mix-up, just because mm-hmm. sometimes I just can't take any more Halo. Yeah. And Fall Guys has been a steady diet game. And recently I subscribed to the EA um, Access service because FIFA oh. 20 went on, uh, because FIFA 21 is out now. So I was playing some, just playing some Sacker. Nice. Uh, football for all you foreign uh, listeners because we do have a fair share of that but mm-hmm. yeah so just been playing some different stuff just trying to keep it mixed up yeah well that's cool uh yeah i haven't played a fifa game christ since it well i take that back probably since college playing with my roommate nick um mm-hmm. who was a soccer freak so 
Like, I would remember playing with him, but even then, like, where last time I bought a soccer game, I'd have to say is, like, 2011, something like that. Once again, like, beginning of college, and, like, it just, uh, I'm just so bad at playing soccer games in general, but I never, like, I, I know it's almost, it almost has, like, the same pool, at least from a video game aesthetic, from as the, a lot of people get out of playing NHL, where it's mm-hmm. very, like, it's meant to be very pick up and play, but to me, it's so much more like, just so much more intricate than playing NHL, like at least in the video game status. But um, on my end, trying to think all of what I've been playing, I've been doing a lot of packing because we're moving on Friday, so um, a lot of that's been kind of going on. Um, been playing some Halo, still playing. I'm trying to. One of my things is just before the end of the season, just because. All of the cosmetics that are in the battle pass or the season pass or whatever you want to call it, the unlockables uh, right now for season two and MCC is all Halo CE stuff. So I like unlocking that because I loved Halo CE so much that I want to just make sure I get all of that. Plus the great journey skins are so fucking dope. The like purple and navy like astral skin. Love that. Um, so I want to unlock all of that stuff. I'm like, I think 57 out of 100 right now. Um, so going through and kind of doing that. Um, started playing Valorant a little bit again, but uh, then again, it's also one of those games that it's like, why do I come back to it? Because it's either I experienced two things. One, right off the bat, just pure, unadulterated racism. Like just <laughs> blatantly you get in there. And as someone who is a straight white male, I'm called the N-word right off the bat or something like that, which doesn't make too much sense to me. But, hey, sure, whatever floats your boat type of thing, you're a piece of shit. So, um, you know, I either am met with that or I'm met with, oh, okay, cool. I'm just going to, me and, like, two other people are going to just fucking dominate and we're still going to lose. We're going to go, like... We're going to end up going and losing like 13 to 11 or some shit like that because our teammates just don't understand like one, they don't want to use their mics or they just don't want to like do call outs or do anything or just like stand around like don't do anything like so you get punished for it when especially when you're playing comp like I'm not a big fan of that. I think I think Halo handles that a little bit better with their comp matchmaking, at least with a ranked system. I think they handled that a little bit better than Valorant, but I still like the game. I still think it's, as somebody who loves Overwatch, as someone who loves CS, it still scratches that itch that, you know, it's such a good mix of both of them. I like the characters, like, it's cool. Like, I like playing it. It's still something I can pick up and play. It's a little less abrasive at times than CS, so I do like playing it still. Um... What else? There was one other thing. I wanted to... We're recording the show early this week just because of me moving, really, and Mike's schedule, both of our schedules just being hectic. So I wanted to... I was hoping we would have been able to record tomorrow, Wednesday, because I wanted to at least play a little bit of uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Didn't get a chance to yet, but it is installed. It's 152 gigabytes, so that's probably why (laughs) our fucking data usage on our internet is crazy. Um... 152 gigabytes that's fucking nuts i mean that's like to be fair though that's like two fucking Warzone updates though which is sad um but outside of that i think that's about it maybe oh i did make a new character in oblivion um <laughs> <laughs> the everlasting crack pipe that that game is um keep going back to it baby. yeah I, I, it was just one of those things that like 
uh, my fiance was out one night. Uh, she went to yoga with one of her friends who's a yoga instructor. So I had extra time to like, you know, just kind of dick around or whatnot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a new character. Just <laughs> my, my thought process was I'm going to make a new character because I, ne- I realized that on PC, on my Xbox, on both my 360 and my Xbox One version, or, you know, accounts, I guess I should say, like, playing on it. My hard drive on my 360 and my hard drive on my Xbox One, I both have saves right before you're leaving the Imperial Dungeon in case I want to go back and, like, skip over the tutorial type of thing. Oh, it yeah, didn't... that's the that's the veteran play. That's the wild right. veteran play to have a save right there. Exactly. So I... I was like, I don't think I've ever had that on PC. So I went, I checked, I didn't. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go through that, get that. Then I'll just like dick around, do whatever. And then it started leading to, I mean, I've only maybe played like three hours into it, maybe. Like, not that deep. But like, it's just one of those things that like, once I'm already playing, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to do this. Uh, Well, I kind of want to do a couple Fighters Guild quests. Uh, Fuck, I'm going to go do the arena. Like, you know, it's just, it's there. It's just, ah, God. I love that game, man. But I, I I want to, especially with this new move um, and being able to actually set up like a room with a studio and stuff like, and I'll be able to have a much more flexible stream schedule. I want to stream that again. So I'm kind of like, like tempering those like wants to go through and just dive in and put another, you know, 40, 50 hours into that game. I want to wait and kind of do that on stream, make some content out of it, you know? Um, so but that's about it. That's really on my end. It's been, it's kind of been a lot of like first person shooters and stuff like that. I, I sound like you kind of playing. That's, that's what <laughs> a lot, that's usually your steady diet. But Mike, with that being said, let's head into button mashes. We also too wanted to throw this out, out there. If you notice my voice is off a little bit this week, it's because I'm recording this in basically a bare ass room and with wooden floors. So if I sound a little echoey and I couldn't get out, out in post, I'm really sorry. Hopefully next week it'll be a little bit better, but um, it, it, me as an audio like junkie and like OCD when it comes to that, it's bugging me, so I don't want it to bug anyone else, but just an FYI. Anyways, let's end the butt mash for this week. We're going to go through some quick hit news stories before we go into our bigger topics for this week, starting with Arcane. They're announcing that Deathloop. Yeah, you, I know, Deathloop. Oh, Travis, that's a PS5 console exclusive, but if you would have listened to our episode what that was like two months ago yeah it was right after the ps5 reveal event we went through and talked about all the games that are eventually coming to xbox series x or pc that were announced at that and guess what deathloop's one of them so shut the fuck up (laughs) arcane has announced that deathloop has unfortunately been delayed until quarter to 2021 this means it will no longer launch in the same window as the playstation 5 console or pc as originally announced at sony's playstation 5 showcase earlier this year wb games montreal is once again shocker teasing its new project the long rumored batman game supposedly that's set in the court of Owls storyline which is fucking awesome I highly recommend reading the new 52 Batman run, if you can, um, and potentially called Gotham Knights. And it looks as though we're going to see more info revealed leading up to its inevitable supposed reveal this Saturday at DC Fandom. So far, we've gotten some cryptic kind of like uh, like X-ray views of the, like almost like the Bat vision of the... Um, of like Ar- or not Arkham, of Gotham and stuff like that, like just weird snapshots that are also completely different than what we've seen of the previous teasers. So who the hell knows? At this point, I totally 
this game's clearly real, but I totally won't believe it until I actually put it in, like, the disc into my fucking system or install it on my PC or whatever. I won't believe that until I'm actually sitting down playing the, the game that it's actually real. Whether they reveal it or not this Saturday, I'm just not going to do a great game to read, you know, until I'm actually playing it. I'll fucking call it bluff all day. <laughs> um, next up, Laszlo Jones, a veteran writer, producer, and radio show host for the Grand Theft Auto series, has left the studio at Rockstar nearly after nearly 20 years. As spotted by Grand Theft Auto YouTuber GTA Men, Jones' LinkedIn profile details the split, noting that he left the company in April 2020 and is now working on a number of in-development shows for Disney and Netflix and, quote, consulting for a video game company. That's pretty crazy. I mean, just thinking out loud, too, like, Rockstar has gone through such a transformation with people who have been with that company for so long over really the last, like, two years. Like so many integral pieces of Rockstar have kind of either taken sabbaticals or just, you know, decide to leave with the company. Um, Dan Hauser being one of them, like a founding father of Rockstar, the Mr. GTA, like it's just pretty crazy. I mean, it's, it, we've heard so much kind of negativity surrounding, you know, this crunch culture and just, you know, even like, I believe it was sexual, you know, uh, sexual assault allegations or misconduct things like that that have taken place in there like it you're hoping for a better future for rockstar because it, you know when their games hit their games hit like when you think of red dead whenever you think of the impact gta 5 has had or even 4 or whatever you know like when their major games hit they hit and they are really like whether you like them or not one of the closest examples to art video games being an art um, which is a hill I die on all the time, but, um, so, uh, it's crazy. I'm curious to see what Rockstar, like, I'm just really curious to see what GTA 6 is eventually going to look like, because I think it's going to be drastically different, um, than GTA 5 or anything we've seen before, considering how much the world has changed and, you know, how Rockstar is going to eventually change with it with so many people Anyways, moving on, Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley teased that finally, maybe possibly, there may be some renewed interest in the movement to bring the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World game back. On the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim's film release, O'Malley tweeted, P.S. Ubisoft has reached out to me. Other than Ubisoft's tweet to O'Malley earlier this year, the company has not expressed any major public interest in reviving the D-listed game. Streamer Michael Shroud Vrezik is that how I say Shroud's last name? Uh, yeah, I, I, Grijak? I don't know. Grijak? Shroud. Y'all yeah. know him as Shroud. <laughs> Has returned to Twitch, and on his first stream held over 400,000 viewers concurrently. Shroud announced back in October that he would be leaving Twitch to stream exclusively on Mixer, news that came just a few months after Ninjas revealed that he would be doing the same. And as a lot of people know, uh, considering we've covered it multiple times, um, Unfortunately, Mixer has shut down uh, and has merged with Facebook Gaming. Obviously, a lot of big names have not decided to go with Facebook Gaming for the most part who had those exclusivity deals, Shroud being one of them, um, but now is signed exclusively with Twitch from what it sounds like. Um, and then to wrap it up here, Microsoft Flight Simulator has officially launched and it is receiving rave reviews. It currently sits at a 93 on Metacritic with Guardian, VGC, and IGN all giving it their highest respective scores possible. IGN's Seth Macy stated in his review, quote, Microsoft Flight Simulator is legitimately incredible. It's difficult to describe how amazing it feels to jump into a plane and have the freedom to fly and to and from literally any place in the entire world. 
The base game's 20 included aircraft feel like more than enough for even hardcore aviation enthusiasts, and the ability to adjust the assist to tailor the experience to whatever skill level you desire makes it suitable for anyone looking to fly the friendly skies from the comfort of their home. The real world map the real world mapping data, however, takes Microsoft Flight Simulator from being just an impressive game to the most awe-inspiring simulation I've ever experienced, in spite of its less than stellar load times. Seeing famous landmarks, landing at the world's most recognizable airports, or just touching down in a remote landing strip in South America is mind-bogglingly cool in an absolutely unparable way to virtually explore our world. Which is great, because given everything that's going on in our world right now, and very minimal travel going on and many people being stuck at home it's one of those examples of video games being able to bring experiences like that in ways that people probably wouldn't expect so oh hey future travis here naturally the one week we had to record the show early some extra news dropped that i want to make sure we got covered so first microsoft has provided us with the first look at the new Xbox experience, aka the new dashboard for the upcoming systems, but it also stretches more than that. So it's a new integrated UX that really consumes all of the ecosystem that Microsoft is covering in gaming. Traditional home consoles, PC, mobile, you name it. So with the new design of the interface, home loads 15 times faster when you boot your Xbox, while really, from what they say, using 40% less memory to do so. It's pretty crazy. So the new Xbox experience, as it's being dubbed, is set to roll out alongside the launch of the Xbox Series X this November. So lastly, we got some new games coming and going from Xbox Game Pass over the next few weeks. So to kick it off, we've obviously got Microsoft Flight Simulator that is out now on Game Pass for PC, as well as, you know, to purchase via the Game Pass app, Steam, and the Microsoft Store. But also, Spiritfarer is now available on both console and PC editions of Xbox Game Pass. Battletoads is finally hitting Xbox Game Pass console and PC on August 20th, which we knew already, but also, along with that, Crossing Souls on PC, Darksiders Genesis on PC, and Don't Starve Giant Edition on console and PC as well on the 20th. On the 21st of August, New Super Lucky's Tale hits Game Pass on console and PC. On August 22nd, Hypnospace Outlaw hits Game Pass on console and PC as well. Tell me why the new experience from one of my favorite, personal favorite, devs of all time, Don't Nod, releases its first chapter on console and PC Game Pass on August 27th. Day after that, on the 28th, another big first party release from Xbox Game Studios own In Exile. Wasteland 3 is finally hidden, will be coming to both Game Pass on PC and console, along with Double Kick Heroes as well. Separate release, but you get what I'm saying. And finally, Crusader Kings on PC and one of my personal favorite horror games, really of all time now, I would say, definitely in this past generation, Resident Evil 7 is coming to both console and PC Game Pass. So those are both hitting Game Pass on September 1st and 3rd, respectively. Looking at games leaving, leaving on the 31st of August include Creature in the Well on console and PC, Gianna Sister Twisted Dreams on console, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 HD on console, Metro Last Light Redux on console, and Jackbox Party Pack on console, followed by NBA 2K20 on September 1st, and unfortunately, Red Dead Redemption 2 on September 7th. So make sure you get in if you've ever wanted to play Red Dead 2, and you have Game Pass, and you have especially an Xbox One X, get in there and fucking play that because chef's kiss for console experience with that game that's the way to go so all right we're all caught up now well hopefully i mean knowing our luck the week we have to record early they're gonna fucking drop the series x price or some shit while i'm recording this but i digress all right now let's get you back to the show mike 
That's going to be button match for the week. Anything that sticks out to you before we head into our news for the week and kind of touching on a little more thematical topics, I guess. I think to me, looking at the button mat, looking over the button mash topics here that we kind of, that you briefly touched on. I think the biggest things that I would just like to, um, you know, kind of talk about is like the Laszlo Jones moving on thing. Now, Mm -hmm. while obviously there has been some questionable rumors coming out of grant or coming out of, uh, rockstar, um, recently, I think it's worth noting that his dedication to the studio for 20 years, I think mm. it's just something that you kind of just look at and you kind of have to tip your cap as a gamer, whether or not you're a big grant, you know, like whether or not you're a GTA fan. Cause I personally don't like GTA really at all. I'm mm-hmm. not the biggest, I don't, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know, I'm a red dead guy over GTA. Yeah. Uh, like day. I, I love red dead. So, but you can't ignore the fact that GTA has done what it's done, mm-hmm. especially over the last 20 years. So I, I will tip my cap to that. And, you know, the crunch culture, obviously negative, the potential sexual um, misconduct. misconduct things. Yeah. Uh, if I, I remember mean, obviously that's all that that's all a little crazy. But I mean, you still have to kind of just say, you know, good for him and, uh, you know, good luck in whatever he does going forward. And then mm-hmm. obviously Shroud and uh, Ninja going back to Twitch just feels like they absolutely just robbed uh, Microsoft blind. And, oh, they got the fucking bag, man. And they good for them, scored really. The fucking bag. Good for them because that's you know that's that's awesome because you know as content creators, there's a lot of people out there that speak very negatively of, of Twitch and you know just of the culture in general because as of right now you don't have a lot of rights. You're kind of at the at the mercy of Twitch, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great for them money-wise. Obviously, whether or not you're a big fan of Twitch is, is, you know, up to you. But the Microsoft Flight Simulator reviews and the fact that it's 150 gigs is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft has always done the flight simulation community justice with their games, so mm-hmm. I'm excited for them. And you know, hopefully, they continue to just knock it out of the park. And it's a game that, since it's on Game Pass, you know, one of those yeah. things, I might might as well maybe download it for the 150 gigs that it is and you know just give it a shot because i haven't really played a flight simulator in a super long time mm-hmm. and i think it'd be interesting just to check it out oh yeah definitely and that's that's what can't be i think overemphasized enough is that it's it's, it's available right now like if you go on game pass like if you don't have a subscription to game pass you can go get in one for like a buck for three months or some shit like that like you can go and just get in and have access to 200 plus games and they're all like one microsoft first party studio games which have gotten better this generation you know the first half first three-fourths struggled but now you have that back catalog access to them but now that we're seeing you know games like uh gears 5 like ori and the will of the wisp like microsoft flight simulator that are all stellar games the outer worlds like Things like that that are all in there that you can get in for next to nothing that literally you have access. Plus all the third-party shit that you're getting in. It's good third-party stuff. It's not just, you know, stuff that you find in the bargain bin at a five below or some shit like that. Um, No offense to anybody making those games or anything, but you get what I mean. Like, there's actual substance to it, but it can't be overstated enough that, like, now it's the first time in how long, I mean, years, since Microsoft had really back-to-back like 90 plus metacritic scoring like stellar first party releases with ori and the will of the wisp and now microsoft flight simulator that 
you know, they haven't had something like that in so long. Like, yeah, Ori and the Will-O-Wisp, a sequel to one of the best platformers this generation, and and even, I, you can refer to it as Metro, Metroidvania too. that mm-hmm. even with that being said, Will-O-Wisp, you can pick up and get in no problem, in my opinion. But, and even with, Flight Simulator being on PC only right now, it'll eventually come to Series X, I guarantee. Um, but having that game and having it, yeah, be niche a little bit, but the fact that they still have two games that are recognized at 90s and above and, like, have been viewed at as must-play games right now, the first time doing that in so long can't be, like, overstated enough that this is a big win for Microsoft. And it doesn't matter about, you know, sales of those two games either. Like, the sales are probably going to be necessarily minimal. It's the fact that people are able to access those games in Game Pass. People are, that's more people getting an Xbox ecosystem. And it's exactly what they want to hear. It's exactly what Microsoft wants. They don't care about the number of games sold. They don't care about, you know, X, Y, and Z with, you know, old best-selling games this on, uh, you know, uh, NPD or whatever. You know, it's... They're worried about getting you into Game Pass. They don't care how you play your games, where you play their games, just that you're playing their games. And exactly. They're now giving you reasons to do that. Which and for all the losses that Microsoft has been taking and wearing on the chin recently, mm-hmm. it like feels it's it's like nice to see that you know they're kind of having a they're finally kind of catching a break. Which, to be fair, I'm not like one who like thinks that Microsoft deserves a break, but mm-hmm. like, you know with how bad everything has gone for them recently, it is nice as a Xbox fan and as a Microsoft fan to kind of see them, you know, kind of get, get a little bit ahead of, you know, where they've been. Cause as of right now with the whole halo delay and everything, it, it feels like the world's kind of crashing down on them and rightfully so, but it's nice to see them finally get a couple, couple in the wind column, you know? No, definitely. Absolutely. Mike, let's head into the news for this week or our topics for this week, I guess. Cause Really, the first one we're going to kind of kick off with is almost a follow-up to one of our news articles last week, but just because so much shit has gone down in the past, fuck, oh my god, what, not even a week, really, uh, with this, and it has, I think, a lot of strong implications to game streaming in general, but specifically xCloud on a lot of mobile devices in general, Not, and I don't just think Apple now, but... What the fuck is going on with Epic Games and Apple? Like, <laughs> I and I know you're like people are saying like you're talking about a mobile device. You're talking about you know things that don't necessarily align with Xbox. But to me, this this hints at bigger things that could be positive, but also could be very negative for XCloud and the future of mobile cloud based gaming. So, um, the Sky News had a really good write up on just everything that's going on the past handful of days with this um because i think a lot of people are kind of it, it's ever evolving too so more of this stuff's going to come out because we just heard about um you know apple who no longer going to support developers who use the unreal engine and things like that like which is fucking massive we just found that out i believe yesterday so beginning of the week so like monday um so but sky news has a really good write-up so i'm going to go through kind of run through that and we'll talk about it after Epic Games, the company behind Fortnite, is engaged in a serious corporate dispute with Apple after the iPhone maker took action against its for slipping a new payment system into the iOS version of the hit online shooter. 
It is the latest conflict to erupt between a game studio and Apple, which imposes stringent requirements on all developers when it comes to its Apple or App Store. Requirements which critics say are more about protecting tech giants' revenue than consumers. The argument between Epic and Apple has escalated significantly since it boiled over last week, and Apple has now given the Fortnite developer until the 28th of August to remove the game's new payment system, or it will revoke the company's access, access to development tools for the popular Battle Royale title on both iOS and Mac OS. Last Thursday, Epic said it was introducing a direct payment in the Fortnite app, meaning players would bypass both Apple and Google's own payment systems. Both the App Store and Google Play Store take a cut of up to 30% from in-app purchases. Purchases made via Epic's own system were also cheaper than those through Apple and Google's, which Epic claimed was a way of passing savings onto its players. Epic's move prompted Apple and Google to drop Fortnite from their app or from their app stores and to accuse the developer of breaching guidelines. Hitting back almost immediately, Epic released an attack advertisement riffing Apple's famous 1984-style commercial pro, uh, promoting the original Macintosh computer. Apple said Fortnite has been removed because Epic had launched the payment feature with the quote-unquote express intent of violating the App Store guidelines. It added that the guidelines, quote, create a level playing field for developers and makes the store safe for all users. Google spokesperson Dan Jackson and the tech firm would, quote, welcome the opportunity to continue our discussion with Epic in bringing Fortnite back to Google Play. Epic responded by launching an antitrust lawsuit alleging that Apple exploits its monopoly over the App Store and requesting a temporary restraining order against Apple to prevent it from revoking Epic's developer accounts, which it said would cause, quote, irreparable harm. Epic has been attempting to build a coalition of sympathetic companies who are equally challenged by Apple's requirements on App Store apps. According to Recode, the company has found sympathizers, including Spotify, although the Swedish music app has not joined the coalition properly. In a statement, Spotify said, quote, We applaud Epic Games' decision to take a stand against Apple and shed further light on Apple's abuse of its dominant position. Apple's unfair practices has, uh, have disadvantaged competitors and deprived cons- uh, consumers for too long. The stakes for consumers and app developers, large and small, couldn't be higher, and ensuring the iOS platform operates competitively and fairly is an urgent task with, quote, far-reaching implications, the company added. The impact of the legal battle could be significant, and it marks one of the largest antitrust cases to be brought against Apple from a competitor rather than a regulator, although Epic is yet to win over its largest potential partner. Apple has prohibited game streaming apps from the App Store, including Google Stadia and Microsoft's new Xbox X Cloud. This prompted Microsoft to criticize Apple, saying it, it, quote, stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny customers, uh, consumers from cloud gaming and game subscription services like Xbox Game Pass. Apple consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps, even when they include interactive content, Microsoft added. So... After all of that, this has turned into such a wild ball of wax. Like, and it's between, like, my thing is it's between two of Tech's biggest ballers that, you know, like, this does have, like I was saying, it has much bigger implications on the broader gaming and really just tech and software development spectrum than I think a lot of people think. But it's so hard to, like... It's like, it's a trillionaire throwing shit at a billionaire and a billionaire trying to act like they're 
Robin Hood almost, where it's yeah. they're stealing from the rich to get more rich. They're not really yeah. like saving. They're not giving savings back to the people. It's not like you know they're they're dumping people or you know going and stealing funds from Apple and giving it back to their consumers. No, they're giving them an option to pay Epic directly. And yeah, you'll save a little bit of money, but you're still spending money. It's just like it's still a business tactic. And really, in my opinion, it's like looking at it, it's like Epic's just trying to make the most money out of this. Period. Mm-hmm. So like you know, Mike, I guess I'll kick it to you. Um, who do you think, just since I've been kind of talking on it for a while, who do you think mm-hmm. is in the wrong here? Is Apple justified in their approach? Is Epic dying on the wrong hill, potentially? You know, with both companies built to weather this war, you know, a long war, potentially, financially, you know, how will an end result between the two affect game streaming and more specifically xCloud and just gaming apps in general throughout the next generation of gaming? I think when you kind of look at this, um, from both sides of the coin, you kind of see one side where, you know, obviously I know um, as as much as people kind of applaud Steam just for the fact that there's so many games on there. I know at times indie developers and other developers have complained that Steam takes too much of their money mm-hmm. and, you know, it's kind of kind of rough in that sense. But, you know, at the same time, it is, you know, you kind of have to be like, well, also, if you have your game on Steam, you could be exposed in these sales and like you could receive this exposure that maybe you wouldn't get just being a straight up indie, right? Well, mm-hmm. when you look at it in a way that, you know, from Epic's point of view or even from Apple's point of view, Apple's point of view, you know, obviously it's really hard to side with Apple on anything because you just look at them and you're like, yeah, I know, like you're raking in the dough. You don't really have the consumer in first, you know, first in your mind. But at the same token, like you said, you know, if Epic's going to go ahead and give people a direct route to pay them and basically get away from paywalls that Google or Apple has to kind of, you know, basically get a piece of everything that goes through them. Mm -hmm. Epic has to realize that nobody with a with a with their thumb on the pulse of business at all is believing that you're doing this as some white knight to try to <laughs> bring cheaper things to your like it's like, it's laughable consumers like that like okay go after apple because yeah maybe you know as xbox said they judge certain things on more unfairly than others and that's not fair i mean I'll instantly like and we even talked about it, sorry to interrupt but we no. talked about it last week with when it comes to their you know apple's reasoning on why game pass and really i guess stadia too whenever we're talking about game streaming in general why they're not allowed on there because each game needs to be registered and put through the store independently and rated through the store independently and yada yada but that's even bullshit because when you look at non-gaming apps like netflix like hulu like all of these other apps that there's stuff on those apps that is not for purchase through the itunes store or the app store or whatever like there are just movies and TV shows and things like that that are Netflix exclusive that you cannot get through anything else. So right. how, where's the, like, it just, it just whiffs a, you know, it's just hypocritical to the core. But at the same time, like, Epic playing this, like, sympathetic, oh, we're the little guy and we're taking on the corporate giant dude you're you are the corporate giant like, yeah like no one's buying it like I, I i like you're saying like i do appreciate some of it like somebody calling apple on their bullshit because you know even though this doesn't directly like 
I mean, it does. I shouldn't say that. But, like, you're not playing every single... You're not downloading every single Xbox game on your Apple phone to play. You're going to be doing that through xCloud. So it is indirectly affecting, you know, Xbox game users and PC gamers and everything like that. But it's just in general, like, I do appreciate the bullshit that Apple's being called on because they, you know... 30% is a big... Full of it. Yeah, 30% is a big cut to take from somebody, especially, you know, and at least Epic puts their money where their mouth is by saying, hey, we're only doing whatever it was, 11% or something like that. Like, very minimal, and we're even, you know, hey, we're making so much money off Fortnite, and this was, you know, quite a while ago that they came out with this, you know, I think it was like a year ago maybe, that saying like, hey, we're making so much money off of Fortnite right now, whatever we were taking off of people for using... Uh, you know, user-generated things on the Unreal Engine store, like, we're kicking that back to you. We're going to give, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're taking less of a cut there. You're going to make money back on this. Um, you know, so they're doing a lot of consumer and small developer-friendly things, but they're still making a shit ton of money. Like, they're yeah. still, like, I don't know, man. I, you do, they, At the end of the day, they're just being greedy and want more of a cut. Mm-hmm. And, you know, good on Apple for, like, pushing back and basically calling them on their mm-hmm. bullshit. But at the same p- token, it's, like, the only thing that comes to mind is the Spider-Man meme where they just point at each other. It's, yes. like, the exact <laughs> same person doing the exact same thing to each other. It, it, it's, like, it's like if, I don't, I don't know. It, there's so many comparisons that can be made at what this is. But it, it's just a bunch of, like, it's almost, like, so, you know, I, I believe, like, 100% in the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Ladder, Black Lives Matter <laughs> movement, like tables, ladders, and chair matches, and WWE, and uh, no, I believe in like the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. And at the same time, like there are people that accuse companies of virtual signaling. And mm-hmm. like at some point, you're like, sure, but not really. Like things have needed to change for a long time, and this company's finally kind of got kind of got the fire lit under their ass. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not just virtual signaling, virtue signaling. It's it's trying to make the things even again. Right. And you know, when they never were even, and it's like, at the same token, you know, when you use the term virtue signaling, it feels like that's exactly what Epic's doing right here because you're not, you don't have anybody in mind except for your own pockets. You just don't want to pay the cut to Apple anymore. So. That's kind of my token on it, or take on it anyway. Yeah, no, and that's that's the big thing that I think, it, and what's scary to me about this is, and not that, not that it really could have an effect on directly, like, you know, how the business end and the financial end of this is going to be handled, but what scares me a little bit is with the whole how they use the, you know, the famous... And I had I had only seen it maybe once before. I thought that's what they were referencing, but obviously I know about 1984, the you know George Orwell's 1984, the book and whatnot. Everyone's read it, right? Yeah, in in America, it's pretty much required, and through school you have to read it. Yeah, yeah, it's you will read it once with whether it's junior high or high school, you have to read it. Um, But um, like I I vaguely remember the Apple. I mean, I never saw it as in person, but I remember seeing it like through pop culture and things like that referenced the the 1984 style apple commercial for the mac um and i thought that's what they were going for with that but the fact that they're using that really as as their own propaganda where and this is somebody who's played fortnite recently who went in like i don't know if you saw my tweets uh listeners and even my tube but like i told myself like epic can get their epic can get my money in one way through fortnite these fucking superhero skins 
Like that's mm-hmm. how the, that's the one thing that I will pay for because at least two at the same time, I like that they don't have the independent skin market that you know CS has through Steam and whatnot, where like you know prices can get you can buy whatever you want, but there's a price for everything, and if it's in demand, the price is going to be skyrocket. Like people are going to try to make the most money off of it. Where at least Epic, when they do that, it's on the store, their own storefront for a little bit, then it's not again. You can't you know sell things individually or anything to somebody else or whatever you can gift i think you can gift skins to people but you can't Can. actually like you know sell them but the one thing that i do want that i told myself if the batman skin comes back in if i see it posted somewhere i will buy it so i went and shockingly like i was telling myself even that like last week and like a couple days later it popped up saying that they announced that they're bringing uh the joker and harley quinn and who was the other one i can't remember but in like november and they were like and we're bringing the batman skin back in the store today for the next you know couple days so i went on and bought that but i've been playing you know maybe a couple games here and there nothing too crazy but um not just because i don't like the game that much like yeah just the building aspect of it but it is fun to just pop in and like i said that's the one way they can get my money they got my ten dollars or whatever to get the the skin pack which i got two skins in uh pickaxe and uh, you know a couple capes and the glider or whatever like it was a good deal for all that stuff so i got in played that and whatnot but every time you log in it plays that Fortnite commercial like it plays the 1984 thing against apple what worries me is the amount of kids who play that who aren't educated on what's going on how business works and how the whole like don't actually know that and then go on and start throwing shade at apple and all these other companies who maybe say, you know, maybe that's not the right approach to it, which then puts other companies and, you know, they'll have PR people come to them and say, or come to, you know, their CFO, CEOs, things like that, and say, like, we're getting all this negative feedback. We need to change things when it's like, you know, Gen Z, like kids who don't fucking understand what's going on. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's like the reverse propaganda that they're trying to like, they're, they're making fun of propaganda while also making propaganda. Like, it's just, yeah. that's yeah, what hey, worries look me. look at us. We're owned by a Chinese company called Tencent. Right. Just like uh, Apple's yes. pretty much owned by China. Yeah, look at us. Like, we're so much better than them, but you're not. Right, and that's where I get a little worried that people who aren't educated on what's actually going on and what, you know, who, I'm sure these kids don't know that to get, when you get on the App Store and, you know, you're somebody who develops a game and you put it on the App Store and you sell it, Apple takes a cut of that. I'm sure they don't mm-hmm. know that. They, I'm sure they just think, oh, it goes on there and, you know, that's it. They get all the money. They get my 60. I buy a game and, you know, I buy a game from Bungie and Bungie just gets my $60 and that's it. You know, like, no, that's not necessarily how it goes. You know, like, and that's what worries me that false information will get out there through stuff like this. Like, I was, I was fucking surprised that they actually put out that commercial. Like, and they were ready for it, too. Dude, imagine being, imagine being one of the fucking, like, animators at Epic. And, like, your supervisor comes to you a couple days before and is like, hey, so we're going to be doing this, like, you know, in-game, you know, uh, like a little in-game trailer type thing. It's going to play for all the, you know, here's, here's what we have in mind for it. And they pitch you that. Imagine being, like, one of the animators being like, come again? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm doing what? And I'm- then... Of course, because you work for one of the biggest gaming corporations in the entire world and you're owned by Tencent. Like, mm-hmm. if you're like, yeah, I'm not going to make that, they're going to be like, okay, you're fired and you can't get another job with another company at Tencent and you're fucked. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so 
again, you know, you're at a point where it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation. It's just so it's such it's so bizarre to me. And again, I just don't think it can be understated just like how hypocritical and crazy that this entire thing is and i don't think you can really take sides without putting a clown mask on like oh, if you're like pro apple or pro epic like you just look like a moron either way you just sit back and you have to be like this is really you know kind of what's what's going on in 2020 mm-hmm. this is where we're at you know all because epic doesn't want to pay 30 percent of their sales which okay cool but they say yeah we just you know we want to give more savings to the players and it's like okay like whatever yeah and- sure and that's what, like, I I mean, I used to, I still do appreciate Apple's tech to a degree with how user-friendly it can be. Like, and it how, gets, like, hands, like, continuity it is, like, between yeah, all the devices. It's yeah, nice. 100%, yeah, 100%. And I, I'll never beef with that because it, it helps, like, it's crazy to think, but, like, my grandmother was the first person to introduce me to computers back when I was, like three years old or whatever like she had uh like a gateway desktop computer in her home and was like fluent at using the computer but when you fast forward now and you see the you know where our generation and before was able to quickly pick up like we grew up with this technology as it advanced we went through this golden age of computer tech and actual you know hardware and software becoming accelerated that accelerated portion of it where it's growing substantially we were able to keep up with it and you know our parents and later generations weren't able to where apple has at least made a device that is so user-friendly that you can give it to your grandmother and she could probably figure it out to a degree like the app like the actual like pictures of the apps are the icons are really big um you know there's only one really one fucking button well there used to be now there really isn't but point being you could still have at most like one button on the front of the screen you just hit that button it takes you home like there, it's just very user-friendly that you can easily hand somebody and they could probably figure it out for the most part right where you know we went through that period of tech with like the motorola droid and stuff <laughs> like that where it was like so over the top like gimmicky at times where it's like nobody can figure that out who isn't like in the 18 to 35 demographic for the most part so you know, I will give Apple that, but I'm so glad that I did get out of their ecosystem. And, like, I've had a Google Pixel now for the past two generations of phones, and I fucking love it. But at the same time, though, Apple is nice, like you were saying, about the continuity across all devices and whatnot. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no right, like, I don't want to say, they're both wrong to a degree. But it's like, both sides are full of shit, but both sides have their point. Like, there's no, like... Yeah. It's just so hard. Like, who? Do There's you... no winner. Like, both are basically like. It's just like it is what it is. So, like you, so you wh- just say, yeah, you have a point, Epic, and then you say, yeah, but you're, but you're hypocritical, and then Apple comes back and you say, yeah, you have a point, Apple, but you're also hypocritical, so you can't really pick a winner. Right. So, what do you think? How do you think this shakes out at the end? Like, how, what do you think happens, and how do you think this is going to affect, you know, X Cloud? And do you think we're going to see? apple bend a little and say okay we're going to adjust how you know streaming apps work on here here's the new guidelines for 2020 they were a bit anti antiquated and outdated but you know what we updated them we're still taking a 30 percent cut off of so you guys may need to figure out subscription services or whatever and calculate that into it but this is what we're doing and we'll allow you to do it now but we're still taking a 30 percent cut or whatever how do you think that do you think there there is a middle ground that people can find with this no, uh, my <laughs> my whole view on it is like 
I think that if Google would have just like, if Google wouldn't have kind of jumped in on the dogpiling of mm-hmm. on top of Epic, maybe Apple would have had to give. But since Google is yeah. also like threatening to pull them, like obviously Epic is kind of like, well, what other manufacturer do you have to go to? Or is Tencent going to now start pumping out phones in an operating system of its own, which mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. And if that's what they're setting up for, I wouldn't be shocked. But like, you know, like that's basically where, where it's at, where it's like because Google has kind of also taken Apple's side to a certain degree, mm-hmm. um, e- Epic's going to have to figure something out and they're going to have to give give into it, like whatever it is. Like Epic looks like the good guy now, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they are going to have to give if they want to continue to like make money off of mobile stuff. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Mike, let's move into the next one here. Games firm Rocksteady, or as we call it over here, developer, Rocksteady accused of inaction over staff harassment. This comes from Alex Hearn over at The Guardian, as always, link in the description to all of these articles. More than half the women employed at the London-based video game developer Rockstar two years ago signed a letter to bosses accusing the studio of failing to prevent sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior in the office The Guardian can reveal. The letter, dated November 2018, and signed by 10 of the company's 16 female staff at the time. Also, too, can I just point out that more than half of the women employed at Rockstar signed this, and then you turn to say signed by 10 of the 16 females at the company? Rockstar's a big fucking developer. I think there's a big issue there, but that's beside the point. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if you only have 16 females in your whole development studio and you've been cooking at stuff for a while and you're a very successful developer... There may need to be a different discussion there. Um, Raised complaints about behavior, including, quote, slurs regarding the transgender community and discussing a woman in a derogatory or sexual manner with other colleagues and sexual harassment, quote, in the form of unwanted advances, leering at parts of a woman's body and inappropriate comments in the office. Since then, it's, it is claimed that the response has amounted to one training seminar and that multiple signatories have left the company out owing to the lack of action. One of the letter signatories who asked to remain anonymous said she has decided to share the letter with the Guardian because she felt people were still suffering from sexism, harassment, and inappropriate behavior at Rockstead. Quote, I have heard everything from groping claims to incidents involving directors, all of the women are, or all of whom are men, she said. Yet the only thing we have had as of a result was a company-wide seminar that lasted an hour. Everyone who attended was asked to sign a statement confirming that they received the training. It felt that if, or it felt that it was just a way for them to cover their asses. Unquote. She said that the letter was kept private in part due to the company's devotion to secrecy, which is not unusual for in a video game sector, and in part because staff members feared that if they left on bad terms, they would be denied credit on the company's upcoming game, an adaptation of DC Comics Suicide Squad. The signatory said that the dismissive attitude towards women had in the past carried over into the company's output. Quote, Rocksteady doesn't have the best reputation for representing women. Clearly, that's a little editorializing, but clearly, she said, citing that the highly sexualized design and costuming of characters such as Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn in previous games. Quote, sometimes you could see the surprise of their faces when you said that's not how women dress. Rockstar acknowledged it had received complaints about sexual discrimination and harassment. Quote, from day one, Rocksteady Studios, we or from day one at Rocksteady Studios, we set out to create a place where people are looked after, a place fundamentally built on respect and inclusion. A spokesperson said, "Quote: In 2018, we received a letter from some 
of our female employees expressing concerns they had at the time, and we immediately took firm measures to address the matters that were raised. Over the sub, uh, subsequent two years, we have carefully listened to and learned from our employees, working to ensure every person on the team feels supported. In 2020, we are more passionate than ever to continue to develop our inclusive culture, and we are determined to stand up for all of our staff. Last Thursday, after The Guardian contacted Rock City for comment, management called an all-staff meeting where they discussed the letter for the first time. New initiatives were promised to prevent further discrimination, The Guardian understands. The signatory cites recent changes at the French game firm Ubisoft as another reason for sharing the letter. Last month, several executives, including the chief creative officer and second-in-command, Serge Hascott, resigned amid allegations of misconduct and inappropriate behavior. Quote, I think a good outcome of publishing the letter is basically showing the games industry in general that no matter how big your company is, how much you promote it as supportive or uh, supportive of diversity, if you keep putting your head in the sand, you eventually will be outed, the woman said. I'd say 97 to 98% of developers there are incredible people, and it's so unfair that this will land on them because a few people weren't managed properly. Rocksteady, which is owned by Warner Brothers Interactive, is one of the leading lights of the UK video games industry and counts the Batman Arkham series among its titles. So, it feels like, sadly, every day there's some new shitty event happening in the games industry, specifically when it comes to sexual harassment, you know, misrepresentation, something along those lines when it comes to just people just being shitty to be shitty, it feels like. So why the fuck is this industry such a hotbed for this bullshit? Like, sure, it was male-dominated for decades, but we've seen that begin to shift over the past 10 to 15 years. Obviously, outside of fucking Rocksteady with 16 female employees at the time. Um, You know, really of the past, especially the past decade, though, in general, we've seen more female voices within the games industry. We've seen more female talent enter the games industry, you know, and just representation in general. Do you think these accusations have harmed Rocksteady's reputation within the games industry that maybe we don't know about or we don't hear? And, you know, and the signatory who was mentioned in there did kind of touch on it a little bit, but do you think, you know, these accusations in general and the poor judgment that kind of was shown with it ultimately led to mismanagement? of their project before Suicide Squad because it's known that like hey Rocksteady was working on something else before Suicide Squad and then it became Suicide Squad there was a shift in there like do you think this all plays into it I don't I don't know that's that's really tough because Uh, clearly I I mean this goes without saying this shit is very bad don't be a piece of shit don't treat everyone with respect in the work in general not just in the workplace but specifically in the workplace treat everybody with respect what no matter their gender whether it's you know we're talking somebody who is non-binary if they're male female transgender whatever it doesn't matter treat everyone with respect you know don't sexually assault or use sexual misconduct in the workplace or in general like yeah don't do unwarranted shit that's just being a fucking decent human being sorry but we should probably preface that beforehand before somebody says something <laughs> it sounds like such an american thing yes like ex- this lawsuit coming from a uk company i mean granted i know you know that doesn't that doesn't mean that women don't face hard barriers anywhere else in the world but i'm just mm-hmm. saying like usually this is something that you would hear coming from an american company so that 100%. is a little bit of a surprise um i do think that it would have had a large effect on what game they were developing especially if 
some of the higher ups ended up, you know, moving on because of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously they made a shift in and where they were going. And the fact that in an entire gaming company, like as big as Rocksteady, that only 16 women were employed is, is shocking. Mm-hmm. Obviously, women in the STEM field, period, um, you know, face all kinds of issues. It's just like being under, you know, underrepresented. They're not being a, a, a large number of women in this field in general. And, you know, it, it could go to be, it could be said, and, you know, this is just kind of my take on the entire thing. And, it could be said that maybe companies such as Rocksteady is are weary to hire women. Now, obviously in America, there's affirmative action. There's things of that nature that kind of prevent this type of um, prejudice and, and, you know, think like, you know, not hiring women, not hiring uh, people, uh, you know, that aren't white, basically, you know, there's obviously a lot of laws and, and things that have been enacted to prevent this. However, you know, in, in the UK, I don't know the legalities there, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like this could be an excuse that like developers like Rocksteady could have used that said like, hey, this is why we didn't have women working here. Uh, we have a certain culture about our office and whether it's right or wrong, obviously, clearly not right. And in 2020, like even in the 2010s, it wasn't right. And, you know, people when I play have played Halo, people have thrown some slurs around and, you know, I basically just make the comment like, dude, it's not 20, 2008 anymore. You just can't say that shit anymore. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, right. was it right in 2008? We can have that argument at a different time, different place. It probably wasn't right, but people got away with it. And then, you know, people like to complain about the PC culture. At the end of the day, it's not being politically correct. It's just being a reasonable human being. Fuck and, yes. you know, society kind of goes through changes over time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think it was ever proper to, you know, use derogatory terms towards anyone, uh, any race, because back in the 1920s and 30s, it was common for people to call Italians certain derogatory terms. And obviously mm-hmm. black people have still deal with it to this day. And, mm-hmm. you know, everyone still uses derogatory terms because they're just stuck in the Stone Age. Well, you, as a game studio, like I was saying, Rocksteady might, you know, point to this and be like, this is why we didn't like women. This is why we won't have women work in our studio. And other studios may be looking at this and being like, huh, maybe we shouldn't have women working there. Well, if that's your response, that you are afraid to work with women because you can't be responsible or mature enough to handle it, that's a you and a company problem that needs to be addressed because you can't just use that as an excuse to, you know, basically gatekeep people who have a, a extreme talent you know from working in your industry and you know there's pieces of shit out there that are going to say oh do you actually believe it and blah 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 and you know you can't be that type of person you just have to say you know if 10 of the women are signing this sheet saying hey you know there was an issue in the workplace and there's only 16 women working there that tells you all you need to know about it Mm -hmm. and it's a shame that it is it has come to this point but i think that's you know partially why you're seeing a lot of these gaming higher-ups kind of go into different fields because they just kind of need to be if you won't change and adapt you just kind of need to go off into the sunset and you did a great thing for the game community and for that i'm thankful but your inability to adapt and change the way you see the world um the world's not gonna you know look too kindly on the fact that you just are ignorant and won't change yeah and that's that's like a lesson for everybody because if you're 20 to 21 years old and hell i'm awful with this i am horrible because 
spent a lot of time in locker rooms growing up, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time gaming growing up. I have some really negative things in my vocabulary that I am trying like hell to get rid of. And basically this is a warning shot for everyone that, you know, experiences saying things and saying, Oh man, I can't believe I just said that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You, this is a wake up call that, you know, the society is going in the direction of tolerance and it's a long time overdue and you just need to be better because I'm not going to feel bad for you when you lose your job. Because if I say things that are out of pocket or crazy, I'm going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can say freedom of speech, you know, where's my freedom of speech. And yes, I agree that, I, you know, freedom of speech, whether you like it or not covers hate speech in America. Mm-hmm. If you want to use hateful terms, you're protected by it. But that doesn't mean that your company that's a private company won't fire you for it. And they should be able to fire you for it because if it doesn't align with company goals and needs, then you should, you know, lose your job over it because that's their company. That's their rights as a private company. So it's it's a big ball of wax, you know, whenever people are trying to use excuses to excuse the way they talk or the way they act. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, there's no excuse for it. And you're going to be terminated and you're going to lose your job and your livelihood. And you're going to look at you're going to look you know, you're going to look down on, but that doesn't mean that in 2020, you can't make a recovery because most people, you know, whether or not you agree with cancel culture, because by and large, I'm kind of torn on it. I'm mm-hmm. not the biggest fan of it because I think they go after people for the wrong reasons. I mean, if you were a blatant piece of shit, shit bag, then yeah, you know, get canceled. But there's people out there that you hear why they're getting canceled and you kind of like squint at it. And you're like, huh? Like, yeah. you know, like that nasally, like, you squint your like scrunch your face up and you're like what the hell yeah like the whole thing the one thing that comes to mind uh as somebody who is a clearly have talked about it before a diehard comic fan and obviously a comic book movie fan um you know the whole thing with james gunn that happened where Mm -hmm. you know his yes he made some shitty jokes he was trying to be edgy in 2008 and guess what it fucking blew up on it like it didn't work out then cool, guess what? 10 years later, you're going to judge him on that? And clearly, like, you know, he's admitted multiple times before that that, oh, yeah, that that was bad. You know, I, I've grown from that, yada, yada. But then to turn around and try to get him, you know, to dig that back up and say, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, look at what he did. I, I, I agree that if people do shitty things, yeah, they should be called out for it. And, like, you should be like, okay, no, you probably shouldn't work with that person. Or, you know, like you're saying, like, if you unfortunately to a degree you know our freedom of speech amendment allows us in the u.s to say hateful things like and not really have much repercussions you know legally i should say to a degree but i did a research uh i did a little self-research project on this because i just wanted to see this is basically when the whole miles garrett thing with Mm -hmm. with um mason rudolph went down and some of our listeners might be familiar with american football and uh, a lot of you may not be. So basically, there's an altercation on the field in which the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers has his helmet removed by the opponent, mm-hmm. and the opponent then makes the cognitive decision to swing it like a fucking weapon and try <laughs> to hit him in the head. And luckily, the blow was kind of glancing, and it didn't actually hit him because if it did, there's a potential where that person could have been killed on the field. Like, just mm-hmm. literally fucking dead. Like, you're hitting the head with a helmet with no protection – you could be fucking killed. And mm-hmm. the, the defense immediately, you know, I was like sitting there watching, like almost put my timer on. And I'm like waiting, waiting for the locker room press conference for him to say, well, he called me, you know, a, sl- a racial slur. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
you know, uh, you know, should someone be using that term on the field? Absolutely not. Should you be using it towards anyone? Absolutely not. But, you know, Mason Rudolph has some, you know, Marquis Pouncey isn't, you know, he was seen wearing free Aaron Hernandez hats. <clears throat> like, he's as, like, basically, like, he's as hood as it gets. And not, like, trying to use that in a derogatory term, but basically, he's almost the type of person that, like, okay, another American football reference that will help drive my point home that other people might not get. Whenever, um, Beast Mode, uh, Shit, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, da, 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 da. Why is it blank? Why am I blanking? Oh, um, um Ma- Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. There was an on-field altercation between the Oakland Raiders and um, the Seattle Seahawks when Marshawn Lynch was on the Seahawks, and the Oakland Raider who was fighting with his Seahawks teammates, his teammates mm-hmm. was from his like basically where he grew up in California. That's where this guy from the Raiders was from, and he was in the same gang as Marshawn Lynch. So Marshawn Lynch is fighting Seahawk teammates for this guy on the Oakland Raiders who isn't on his team because they grew up together or they're from the same neighborhood or they're in the same gang. Like, that's kind of how Marquise Pouncey is. Like, he would fight his own teammates for someone else if, you know, they grew up together. Right. It's that environment so ingrained within him, you know, that that's what he knows, and that's unfortunate. and, and, And it's like like if Mason Rudolph really said that and Marquise Pouncey was standing right beside him, I have a hard time believing Marquise Pouncey would have been as defensive of Mason Rudolph as he was. Mm-hmm. Now, would he have let his head get smashed in? Probably not because there's a time and a place to be, for that to be handled. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, Marquise Pouncey and all of Mason Rudolph's teammates would have come out and said, there's no way that's true. There's just no way that that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically, you know, Mason, uh, you know, Miles Garrett clings to this that there was a racial slur said and it muddies the entire waters. But at the end of the day, this my whole entire like kind of tangent comes back to I started doing research into cases in America. And now, granted, I don't have a whole I'm not in law school right currently. I'm going to take the exam to get into law school. Uh Now, I, you know, went through and was looking through all these case records in America trying to find like I didn't have a paralegal to go do it. But I'm like looking, looking, hate speech crimes, hate speech crimes, hate speech crimes. Hate speech isn't a crime in America in, in courts. I You can't take me to court for using a racial slur and mm-hmm. win a court battle for it. And just like you can't go to court, claim that I used a, a hate speech term, and, you know, use that as the excuse for assault. Assault with a deadly weapon, which is what this would have been in court. Like, you, that never wins. In America, that has never won. You can't use that as an excuse for beating someone senselessly. Mm-hmm. So basically... I'm using this to come all the way back around to the point where it's like in America, as shitty as it is, it's not against the law to use hate speech. And it doesn't excuse you for act like behaving a certain way, whether it be physically harming someone or anything for using that derogatory term. But again, that's where company values come into play and someone could let you go and fire you. And in in Pennsylvania, we're right to work. They can let you go for no reason. Mm -hmm. Other States are, uh, or uh, work at will, sorry. Other states are right to work where companies need to have a little bit more of an excuse to fire you. But to the end of the day, I believe that any private sector, every private entity should be able to let go of an employee for whatever they deem fit, basically, especially when it comes to, like, to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Everyone just needs to be better. <laughs> like, and that, and seriously. My whole, my whole rant was basically to say, like, it might be hard to believe, but in America, 
me calling someone a racial slur, them beating me to a pulp, I could sue them and win and get repair like damages, yeah. like get paid for my damages by that person, even though I was technically in the wrong in society. Yeah. As shitty as that is, because there are listeners who might not be familiar with the American court system. No, absolutely. And that's, it, it just all circles back to with the rock city thing, everything just people just need to be fucking better. People need There's to understand. No, no, there isn't. And that's the thing. People just need to realize that some things that were, you know, not as, you know, that were more accepted in society, you know, three, four decades ago, that's, it was shitty back then, but nobody cared. And because certain, you know, certain genders and certain, you know, color of your skin or whatever didn't have the representation that they do now. So they didn't care then. Now they do. And they've had it mm-hmm. for quite a while now that, you know what? Like, don't give me the bullshit of like, oh, back in my day, blah, blah, blah. No, it's time to fucking grow up. It's time to be better. It's time to just be a good human being. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's the fucking pressure's on now. And that, and that's especially leaning into the rock, rock steady stuff. Nobody should ever have to worry about going to work in terms of being, especially if you're a female, uh, somebody who's transgender, somebody who is of color, you know, a different color than, you know, straight white male, that yep. they shouldn't have to worry about that, period, ever. No discuss, like, no ifs, ands, buts, anything. There's no yeah, buts. I'm tired of yeah, buts. There's no yeah, but no. It's just, that's how it is. You can throw in other, you know, like you're saying, there's certain circumstances and things like that that a discussion needs to be had about, you know, the legality, like you're bringing into it, which absolutely, but the basis of it is be a better fucking human being. Like, be good to each other, period. Like, that's just how it is. Anyways, I'm getting all fucking pissed off. Let's move on to our last one here before we wrap up the show real quick. Leaked Microsoft document hints at second next-gen Xbox. This is really an update uh, from Tom Warren's uh, previous thing that he put back in June, just kind of talking about as we've seen some new leaked documents come out, kind of hinting at like, oh, it'll be all right type of thing with keeping up. More so the Xbox Series S, keeping up. Microsoft has planned, or has been planning a second, cheaper, less powerful next-gen Xbox console. Codenamed Lockhart, it's designed to take most of the key next-gen improvements found in the Series X and provide them at a lower price point for gaming at 1080p or 1440p. A newly leaked Microsoft document posted on Twitter includes references to Lockhart console and multiple Project Scarlet consoles. Project Scarlet was the name Microsoft originally used to reveal the Xbox Series X console before it was officially named. Rumors have suggest two next-gen consoles under the broader Scarlet plans, Anaconda and Lockhart. We all know that. Um, but really kind of focusing in on what I wanted to focus in on was the actual specs of the system. The leaked document mentions a Lockhart profiling mode. Sources familiar with Microsoft's Xbox plans tell The Verge that the special Lockhart mode is a part of an Xbox Series X development kit. The development kit codenamed Dante, which really is actually what we're looking at for the Lockhart mode that has a profile performance that microsoft wants to hit with its second console it's from what we understand 7.5 gigabytes of usable ram a slightly underclocked cpu speed and around four teraflops of gpu performance which is the big thing kind of looking at that and and kind of following up with that tom warren posted the kind of a follow-up to this uh this morning actually on twitter well like overnight kind of it was like at four in the morning but saying that like he posted this side-by-side graphic that shows the performance to it and the gpu power we're looking at 
really with the Xbox Series X and the Series S, they're both going to have the same 8-core, 16-thread Zen 2 CPU at 3.8 gigahertz, the same exact one. The GPU, obviously, is where we're going to have the difference as uh, the Series X only has the Navi RDNA 2.0 GPU, where the Series X has the Navi 2X GPU with 52 RDNA 2.0 CUs at 1.825 gigahertz. Um, and then also, too, we're going to see some issues with RAM. There's a little less usable RAM within the Series S. But for the most part, outside of that, like, we're getting similar fucking specs with this thing. Like, yeah, and there's going to be no disk drive. That's the, another big thing. But that's mostly a cost-saving match, measure because right now we've had, as Tom put in the previous article that he kind of followed up with, um, saying that they have the all-digital version right now, which is, is being discontinued, but because it's going to be replaced with this, clearly. So right. really kind of, you know, we keep hearing this narrative that Microsoft is supporting, you know, that with Microsoft supporting the lower-spec, if you want to call it that, equipment, will hold back the potential of this next gen but it seems like the series s isn't necessarily going to be that much of a slouch if it has a pretty beefy cpu as it is not as beefy of a gpu but still doing at least what we see right now if not better with current gen so there's expansion there that could happen technically especially if you bring in x cloud into this whole thing you know so if these leaked specs do come true which we will potentially be seeing this console within the next you know four weeks i would hope you know do you think this will help ease consumers minds mike to the idea that you know knowing that the series s will be quite capable of keeping up in most regards heading into next gen do you think this you know helps ease their mind that no games aren't going to be produced at a lower level just to keep with this. We're going to see a lot of great scalable, you know, experiences with this tech now seeing, you know, hopefully if these details do come true. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of look at it from a couple of different points of view. I think the first one you look at it from just straight up consumer point of view, what, what does this look like to the consumer? And like you said, I think it'll give some peace of mind to people that were concerned that maybe games were like you said, just going to be, purposely held back like technology wise and just gameplay and everything to kind of fit this mold of being able to be played on lesser consoles if you want to call it a lesser console you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i think that's like going to ease the mind of some consumers saying like well maybe you know next gen is going to be as awesome as they said it was going to be um so that's that's really cool i think from a competitor standpoint if you're someone like sony and you hear this you start thinking to yourself like son of a bitch like Obviously, we don't really have to worry about Xbox because they're nothing to us really right now. Mm -hmm. But if we start losing consumers because Xbox has a cheaper option, that that's awesome. Like I said, a lot of gamers have PC already that were PlayStation 4 people. So the Game Pass, having games on Xbox and PC at the same time, is kind of going to prevent them from purchasing your consoles, if you will. We've had discussions about how it's really not about the console sales anymore. It's more about, you know the games of service and just kind of getting people to use the Microsoft game pass service. So that's interesting, but I think this will help consumers who want to buy a PS five, but they also don't want to, they might not want to miss out on the halos and things of that nature kind of gives them like the answer to like, now what the hell do I do? Because both consoles are going to be 600 bucks. We're in a recession. Uh, what the hell am I supposed to do when I want to play both? It'll kind of give co consumers that option that like, yeah, we get it. Sony's been great. They have a lot of great first-person titles, but don't sleep on Xbox. And by the way, here's a little bit of a cheaper option to get you into the uh, 
the ecosystem if you want it. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And that's that's what it, it's just another option for you to get into Microsoft's ecosystem. And that's been the whole thing. It keeps going back to the Series X, the Series S, whatever you want to, you know, these new next gen consoles that are coming aren't the actual next gen consoles. It's Game Pass. It's getting into this ecosystem. It's buying into, you know, we're getting you in. The barrier of entry is fucking next to nothing. You can get in playing on your VCR Xbox One still if you want these games for the next couple of years. Eventually, obviously, it will shift towards, you know, hey, the Series S and the Series X, you need to buy to play these games, you know, three years down the road. But for right now, just get in here and play our games. We don't care how you do it. Like, we'll find a way to get you in here and have these games scalable for you to play. And that's that just keeps they keep hammering home this experience and like seeing that, you know, hey, that the series uh, S is going to be as powerful, pretty much, if not more powerful than the Xbox One X, then why, you know, I don't see much of a holdback because I love my Xbox One X like that shit fucking rocks like it, it is beefy and like it'll run games absolutely stellar like. So I don't feel compelled to like go out and rush out and buy a Series S because I know that's great. And but that's the whole point that it's like it's just like you're going to have something like that. Like I feel comfortable having that Xbox One X to play games that I don't want to play on my PC, Xbox games I don't want to play on my PC and play on something else or play on a console. Like I feel comfortable having that. And if the specs are aligned with that, if not better for this entry level system in the next gen, sign me up. You know what I mean? Like there's it just it's it's a good thing that's nothing bad about that if you ask me like the series x will obviously be the premier console to go after but you know games aren't going to be limited to that it's just none of them will be i mean even with on place on sony's end like they're not going to have games aren't going to take full advantage of that console for quite some time now so i wouldn't worry about it holding back but Mike, let's end the party chat real quick before we wrap up here. We're getting a little long in the tooth, but I want to go over party chat real quick. Uh, If you're new to the show, party chat is a segment that we used to do a while back whenever we do questions from you, which we eventually will do more party chat full questions. But I want to bring in party chat every week where we're going to propose one question at the end of the show each and every week to discuss. Could be as simple as what's your favorite story beat in a game or what you've been playing during quarantine, or it could be a little more in depth as to why a negative stigma around gaming still exists for some reason. And after answering ourselves, we'll kick it over to you to tweet or email your responses to the question over on our Twitter at GPGC Podcast, and we'll read some of the responses the following week. Last week's question is, bringing accessories like controllers forward and backwards that big of a deal? Or have we as consumers been a bit brainwashed to think that it's okay to keep paying for similar tech each generation? Ever long, every long, I'm sorry, underscore 231 over on Twitter said, if backwards compatibility is emphasized like Microsoft does, then no, because I trust them to configure the controls properly. But if they don't, then I want to make sure I can use my controller from previous consoles on game. Okay, I get what you say. So if it's somebody who emphasizes backwards compatibility, then they trust them enough with, you know, hey, I trust that you're going to configure these games properly to play with the modern controller that you have. If not, if it's just an added feature like we've seen with backwards compatibility with sony uh on the ps2 ps3 something like that then it makes more sense to you know hey we're just providing support with the older 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 controllers i get that so mike this week's question which do you think we'll see first a new banjo kazooie game from anybody but rare so any other developer in microsoft's first party studio lineup anybody but rare 
So somebody different from the original creators of Banjo-Kazooie. Or a new rare IP that isn't Sea of Thieves or Everwild. The two games that they have in development. Supposedly they have another one, but nothing official has come up. So are we going to see a new Banjo-Kazooie game first from anybody but rare? Or a new rare IP that isn't Sea of Thieves or Everwild? A new rare IP. I don't think that Microsoft would give them or give Banjo-Kazooie. Like, I don't think they would strip rare of that you know, prized possession. Mm-hmm. I know it's been a long time since we've seen a Banjo-Kazooie and everything, but that's like one of the games that you think about. Like if you're a fan of a long time, you kind of look at it and you're like, wow, like Banjo-Kazooie really did something special with that game. So I would definitely say it just a new fresh IP. Yeah. I, I see. I'm torn though. It's tough. With If Banjo-Kazooie wouldn't have been brought to Super Smash Brothers so recently where Microsoft was able to get a deal done with that, and the fact that a brand new, fully fleshed Banjo-Kazooie model was made. Like, I don't believe that was just made for Smash Brothers. I believe there's something else out there. Is it from Rare? Who knows? But with Rare having multiple projects in the pipeline already, obviously including Sea of Thieves, Everwild that we know of, supposedly there's another another game or a project that's going on in there. Who knows? That hasn't been confirmed or not yet. I don't believe, but I, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to play Devil's Advocate. I'm going I'm going Banjo-Kazooie. I'm going a new Banjo-Kazooie game from anybody but Rare. So that's our answer. See you. Yeah. You know what? I'll roll the dice. I've been kind of Nostradamus a little bit, but so have you. You called the... I think you calling the infinite delay is much bigger than anything I've ever said. So. I mean, I've been calling the infinite delay since like the dawn of the... Right. The dawn of time, basically. You fucking so. rolled out the womb. Just started out the womb and just like, oh yeah, and like... uh. 27 years halo infinite's gonna get delayed or like like literally that's me as a baby like because on this pod since they've announced it i've literally been like yeah that shit ain't coming out in time. It's the old school stuff where like the doctor would grab you by your feet and smack your ass to get you to breathe <laughs> he smacks your ass you're like halo infinite's gonna get delayed in 2020 they're like what the fuck is this kid talking about <laughs> anyways before i fucking lose my mind i guess because i'm going crazy like that um mike let's wrap it up as always though that was our question we want to hear from you so going over to our twitter at gpc gpgc podcast and tweet us your responses or email us over on the email address included in our description or over on twitter you can do either or twitter's a little bit easier for us but you can do that anyways so just shoot us your answers and you may get on the show next week with your response but Mike, with that being said, that's going to do it for our show this week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you to talk about everything we talked about today, whether it be the whole fucking shit show with Epic and Apple and how that affects Microsoft or all the shitty things that happen to people at Rocksteady and how people just need to be fucking better to themselves. Where can people find you to talk about all the video game stuff that we talked about today? Find me on Twitter at Toy Soldier, and the second O is an X, so that's T-O-Y-S-X-L. D-I-E-R. And then on Twitch, you can find me at MP underscore Toy Soldier. Uh, where can they find you at, Travelis? Well, as always, I'm your host, Travis White, a.k.a. Travelis, on most internet platforms, including Twitter at Travelis underscore. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S underscore. You can also find me streaming time to time over on Twitch.tv slash Travelis underscore, same as Twitter, and... Slash Barry? Well... <laughs> We don't bring up the dead, all right? <laughs> we don't dig up graves around here. <laughs> you can also... Grave digger. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I have to buy freestyle motocross. 
Sunday. <laughs> Alright, I'm losing my fucking mind. You can also play, if you want to play some video games with me, you can do so over on Xbox Live at just regular Travelers. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has been your newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz, wherever you get a podcast at. And follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast. Stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games alike, and our dope giveaways. With that being said, thank you so much, everyone, for listening, sharing, and being a part of our growing community. Game on, wash your fucking hands, listen to the doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.